Hi, this is Jerry Wicker of the Savvy Beach Bums Podcast, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story with my good friend Keisha B., a positive and uplifting member of the Inspire Network of Independent Podcasters. Prepare to be inspired. Welcome to Tell Me Your Story podcast, a podcast about real life stories from everyday people. Each episode, we dive into intriguing stories from all over the world. Now here's your host, Keisha B. you're back again with another tell me your story podcast awesome story gonna be told by Antone and I can't wait for you guys to hear this this is our first ghost story of the season of our spooky storytelling and Antone tell me your story Mm. absolutely um I guess the place to start at is the beginning. I've actually had two encounters that were uh, mind-blowing. And um, the first time that I'd done this, um, now mind you, this place, let me start, I guess, by telling you where it's located. This is an actual physical place. It's located in Dorchester County, um, <clears throat> right by Goody's Marina. Uh, cheap plug i guess but um (laughs) cambridge maryland correct cambridge yes cambridge maryland and it's located at an old abandoned church and cemetery now this place is marked private property and it is uh actually uh closed off by a gate but of course the gate is 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 you know you, you jump the gate and I was told about this ghost story and uh, or about this place called the Seven Gates of Hell. Um, I thought it was complete and utter nonsense and it was laughable until I got there. We went back to this area and it was so dark once you hopped the gate that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face what is okay so let me just get in here real quick yeah. so you said it's so, is it like a thickness in the air where you can you can't see anything it is complete darkness it is it's not it's it's like close your eyes it's beyond close your eyes dark um it was so dark you we lit a lighter for some sort of light source and the darkness absorbed the light. I mean, you couldn't even see um, your face looking at it right in front of the lighter. It was so dark. You only got a silhouette, um, which was entirely incredible because during the daytime, you could drive a tractor trailer back there. You could see the sunlight coming through the trees, but at night, absolutely nothing um it was a clear night when we went back and um when was that when did you first experience this what was the year the the year was it was 2000 okay it was 2000 
and like I said, um, it's still seared into my memory. Um, we went, we traveled back, we were told we had to walk in a straight line. And of course, when you see the darkness, you immediately become scared because you realize everything else that you heard about the place could possibly be true. So when we went back, we walked in a straight line. If you moved to the left or to the right, six inches, you started to slide and fall. And I literally had to grab, hoping somebody's hand was there to pull me back up. What do you mean you slid? It's, you slid like you were on a 45 degree slope. Oh downward. my gosh. But what it's crazy because again, during the day you could drive a tractor trailer back there. There's no signs of it. I went back afterwards to try to confirm um, how wide this path we were on. Mm -hmm. And you can't see anything and you're walking straight. And we must have walked, we walked maybe 20 feet and then you see a red dot, almost like a laser scope of some kind. And this was told, this was going, this, they told me this was going to happen and you follow the dot. Well, the dot started to move like an archway. And maybe a quarter mile, the light disappears and then you just see the opening for the clearing. And, and I have to stress this because I'm, an, I'm analytical. So I was immediately looking when we stepped into the clearing for the, the, the point of reference for the light. Nowhere to be found. No red light anywhere. I looked at the sky and the sky was clear. There were stars. The moon was bright. It was full. It seemed unusually large. However, through the clearing in the trees, you saw no starlight, no moonlight, nothing. And it was so spontaneous that we went back there because I was grilling them about it being a lie that um, there's no way any of them could have gotten in front of us to, to set anything up because we all went together. It was five of us. The first thing I, the first apparition I saw was a bull. It looked exactly like a bull. It was grazing, but the grass was dead in some places. In other places it was full and lush. Is and this, then, I'm sorry, is this as you guys were walking through this darkness, you saw this? No, this was the clearing after we came oh, the through clearing. the clearing. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And, um, I couldn't believe my eyes because, you know, I've seen water mirages, you know, during the day caused by the heat, but these were mirages of water at night. Wow. You could hear the sounds of these animals eating, but they look like, they look like they were ethereal. I mean, the, the, it was, you know, the thickness of a swamp gas. Okay. Um, laying over top of something that isn't physically there is the best way that I can describe what this looked like. When it moved, pieces of it 
moved off of it. Almost like how a cloak would, would move in the breeze created by you walking. Mm -hmm. It felt exactly like that. And then I saw the people. What did they look like? They looked like they had candlesticks, lit candles for heads. It wasn't, um, you couldn't see eyes, nose, or mouth, but it looked like a person walking through thick gas, except the whole area was not gassy. This was just the form of these apparitions. And there were literally hundreds of them. And they were aware of our presence, of that I am 100 percent sure of because I stopped on this trail looked to my left and this thing was so close to me I felt like I could reach out and touch it and when I stopped one of those apparitions stopped when I looked it turned and looked right back at me I thought that I was gonna wet my pants and I'm a certified <laughs> tough guy how did you, know, you stay calm in this whole situation? Like something supernatural, just like staring at you and you're with five other people. How did you stay calm in this whole? Well, I, I think the first thing that I think it, at first it was just uh, me not wanting to be that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> not to be the one that's like, oh, what is this? So I'm looking at the reactions of everybody else. I'm like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Or is this just me? You know, and everyone has that same blank stare, like everyone sees it, but no one wants to admit it because no one wants anyone else to think that they're absolutely nuts. And <laughs> because you watch so many horror films now, you know, I'm African-American, so I'm mm -hmm. automatically thinking, oh man, I'm the black dude that's gonna be the first <laughs> one to die in the movie. Why did I come back here? You, you know, that, that was my first thought was like, I'm gonna be the one that gets ghosted. I know it's gonna be me, you know? It's you. It's me, I'm that dude. I'm the guy that used to sit at the couch watching these horror movies like, why did that black man go back there like that? You know he ain't got no business back there. And all of a sudden it's me. <laughs> so I think that you know and I was again I was slightly inebriated which is why I went back a second time to confirm and it was did even you, did you go by was, yourself I hope you brought someone oh no I have brought a few people with me because um, it was so it was so it validated spirituality or a spiritual presence or a spiritual place in a world that is so science-based that um, it doesn't leave much room for afterlife whatever this was it was definitely after life right and it reacted in real time so um, going back there uh, and seeing these apparitions stop. And this is where it got, 
it was already spooky because you know your brain is like i don't believe this it's trying to identify that's what the brain does it tries to identify with what's around it so it can come to some kind of conclusion and i was drawing blanks like nobody's business legs shaking uncontrollably can't stop you know <laughs> before like, you before you go into further into the story please explain to them what an apparition is an apparition is a ghost in my opinion that reacts with you in real time not just going through a preset motion so that's what the difference between i saw a ghost and a ghost interacting with me when it interacts it's no longer a ghost it's something that is here that is reacting with you mm -hmm. in in real time because you know, my it, go ahead no please go ahead my definition of a ghost it would be uh something that it it's going over that happened when they were alive or absolutely something that they did you know that they keep doing or a place that they're in that they they're familiar with but you're you're saying that this being was someone who was kind of like responding or feeding off of what movements and things that you were doing in that moment absolutely and it wasn't it wasn't malevolent it wasn't like you know it didn't feel like it was trying to harm anyone because every, all the other all of these apparitions in this in this field were moving in the same direction but disappearing behind us by the entrance but into uh the tree line and how, uh how many were there there were hundreds <gasps> you were you stood around all of that well because once you got in you didn't know you, i didn't necessarily feel safe leaving without anybody else and to be honest oh. i didn't know if well and to be honest it's not even didn't know it i was like man look if one of them come for me i need somebody to push in the way you know what i mean so <laughs> Right. <laughs> For sure. Oh my goodness. Um, and that's when I realized that this was something outside of just a ghost because when I stopped and looked, one of them stopped and looked right back at me. And I'm like, uh oh, this is this is real time. You know, this is this is something else. What did the rest of their body look like? You said their head was a candlestick? It, yes, it looked like a candlestick. It didn't have a, a, uh, any identifying marks, except it was, you know, biped, you know, they all walked on two legs. They both had hands, they all had hands. Although you couldn't see the detail in the fingers uh, and the rest of the- Could you see the clothes? You could see some of the clothing, but it looked kind of like it had the feeling of this gaseous element but it like melted like candle wax it was melted looking it, it looked um so you couldn't really tell the time period of the clothes. until i saw what followed oh yay <laughs> <Keep> so <going. laughs> 
as we're walking down this lane and you know it was a situation like when in rome do like the romans you you revert to your training so all of a sudden everything that i've ever saw from any every horror movie that dealt with the woods i was sticking to the game plan so i didn't get ghosted um because i didn't know <laughs> i was sticking to the game this plan. is very this important is very important and <laughs> don't get don't ghosted. get ghosted so our quote unquote guide and this was a this was a guy's name um i hope you don't mind me mentioning him uh tom anders tommy guns how you doing bro but tom stopped in the middle of the trail and these were called once again the seven gates of hell so the farther you go back the eerier it gets now at this point in time um three of the seven gates are underwater from you know the floods and flooding katrina uh did a lot of damage uh down on the islands this is by hooper's island i know you might be vaguely mm -hmm. familiar um i i know so the last three gates are underwater so you can only physically walk the four and i was not about the scuba um <laughs> no way so so um he stopped, turned to his left, and he said the most bone-chilling words I had ever uh, I had ever heard. And that was, I've never seen that before. When he said that, and he knew everything that we were going to see before we went back there. But when he said I've never seen that before. And he's been back there hundreds of times, I guess. Mm -hmm. I slowly turned and I thought I was going to lose my mind. Um, in, Why were those words bone chilling to you? Because he was the expert on the area. <laughs> and for someone that has spent so much time going back there, did you, there were gravestones back there and we did pencil they did pencil shavings you know the rubbings, rubbings to, yeah we used to, right yeah and take it to the library you know before internet really jumping jumping so you know we take it to the local <laughs> library and try to figure out who these people were this was an old Inslee uh, residence so this was a plantation at once there were slaves there it was also a cattle farm and this was the story of the bull lady um, I'm sure you might be able to uh, to Google the story of the bull lady who took care of uh, a lot of, of cattle uh, during that time. And when she died, all of the cattle kind of piled up under their, her house trying to get at her, I guess, or comfort her. And they all just died there. All the, all the animals died and she died right in the house. The husband was never found. So that's that's another story. However, oh, wow. so there was a lot of history back there to begin with. And when he said, I'd never seen that before. And the concern mm -hmm. that was in his voice when he saw it or said it. I looked over to my left and the tree line, and these are tall trees or evergreens, you know, in between the tree line, there was a black man hanging. Oh, wow. Now, when I say, I mean, yeah, when I ahead. say a black man hanging, 
I just don't mean ethnicity. I mean, it looked like someone had, if the, if the world was the background, it looked like someone took scissors and just cut this figure out. It was that black. But I could see every detail of his face, of his clothes, his eyes bulging out of his head, his tongue shot out of his mouth. And beside him was a pilgrim with a long rifle, with a look on his face like, you better get your black ass from back here. And that's... So were these, I'm assuming that these two people that you saw, they were ghosts. They had to be. It was more than a ghost. They had to have been at least 20 feet tall. No. Because of, it was in, it was at the top of the tree line. Hanging right in the middle from as far as we were back. I was about 100 yards from where this was. You know, and f- to no. see that kind of detail <gasps> and to see how big the body was on, on both of them. They had to be at least 20 feet tall. Had to have been. You know, this wasn't like a regular sized man, you know, because of how far we were back. And they saw they, you, uh, they, the, con- the, the The figure hanging seemed to still be alive, but it seemed like an absolute warning to get your ass from back there. Excuse my French. I'm trying to keep it PG. No worries. I was terrified. And when I looked at everybody else, the look I had on my face was, I don't know about you. <laughs> but I'm about ready Scooby and Shaggy on up out of here. <laughs> so you guys were going into deeper into this this mist in this, you know, this this area where you saw this this thing that was twenty feet tall with the black guy and the pilgrim standing there with the rifle so did did anybody get you know you know a wild hair and decide to go a little bit further or do you guys start to well out? now our guide who is caucasian by the way maybe he didn't feel threatened mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like i want to <laughs> see what's further i was like i'll see you in the vehicle now this if that wasn't weird enough. And it was definitely colonial period. Um, okay. I could see the belt buckles, I could see the shoes, I could see that, you know, the 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 the, the uh you know the, the clam diggers on the on the pilgrim out, you know, because they wore their, their pants up high because the calf was supposed to be a way of showing females how athletic and strong you are, so that's why they wore their pants so high and their socks so long so they could show their calves off. Mm-hmm. I could see everything, every detail, but I kid you not, it was like someone cut it out of the sky. Just cut it right out of the back line. And I was so, I was so, in, such, in such a state of non-belief that I wanted to run to it and tackle it because I just didn't believe it. 
A 20 foot man. man. I, I didn't believe it. I, I was like, my brain would not allow me. And you know, you know, like I, I'm an avid weightlifter, you know, so I'm, I'm a big dude. And I just, it was hard for me to, to, to grasp the concept of this thing being there, interacting with me with no words, but it was speaking to me. And I was at the edge of the path. Now we were told, don't leave the path no matter what. And after seeing what I saw, I knew I should stay on the path, but I had an overwhelming urge to confront it because I just didn't believe it. Now, thankfully, common sense prevailed and I didn't go off the path. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> right, exactly. But I, but I wanted the challenge. But it just, it was so foreboding. I've never in my life seen anything like this before or since at all. So two of the people already had started going back while I was thinking about confronting this thing. They didn't give a damn if I read in that field or not. They were getting the hell out of there. Right. The other two, which were uh, our guide, Tom, and um, uh, the young lady he had came with, they walked off in the other direction. Now I'm finding myself by myself. Now I'm sure. I'm really sure. Because this is where it's going to happen. If it's going to go down and I'm going to get ghosted, this is the place where it's going to happen. You know? <laughs> so I'm looking at the guide. I'm looking back at the two walking to the entrance. I'm like, you know what? I'm going back to the car. But as they're walking, the mist is enveloping them. I can't see them. So I'm trying to catch up to them. First, I'm walking fast. Then I'm calling their names. They're, not, they're acting like they can't even hear me. When they disappear, I take off running. I'm fast. I never caught up to them. Somehow, I'm the first one out. But how is that possible when you left way later than exactly. the rest? Did they just get lost? No. They walked out maybe 30 minutes after I did. Talking to how did what you... What were they doing all that? They said they just walked straight out. That they started running. And I'm like, that's impossible. That's when I realized there was a third, or should I say fourth, element to that entire tale. And it's time displacement. Oh no. The only way. Yeah. So. Oh wow. So whenever they went in and I went in, and the two people that went forward came out before the two people that went before me and them. So how much time was displaced? I would say six hours. Because when we went in, it was 9 p.m. When we came out. So, 
wait a minute, wait a minute. So for an area that should have taken no more than 15 minutes to walk mm -hmm. through, when you guys walked through it and came out, it was six hours it later. Was, about, was it because you... Oh, no, it ahead. was three in the morning when everyone got out. But you guys, how long did you feel you spent there? Not 20 minutes. Because as soon as, <gasps> not, as soon as I saw that thing and I realized what was going on, because like I said, a quarter of a mile doesn't take forever to walk. And it takes right. even less time to walk when you're trying to get the hell out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe an hour at the most that we could have been back there. And that's really pushing it. That's being generous. But it was three o'clock in the morning and it was crazy that it happened to be at the witching hour. Yeah. But it was three in the morning when we came out of there. I was sweating like a runaway slave. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt off, kneeling down in front of the car. And I drove. And I was really tempted to leave everybody ass back there. I was not playing that game. <laughs> but I brought them there that second time, you, you know? And yes. I felt responsible for what happened to them. And I'm like, you know, so it's crazy. The first time that you went, did you have the same thing with the time displacement? Yes. But it wasn't as severe. I, we didn't see, uh, we didn't see that man hanging, nor the pilgrim, nor were there that many apparitions. We saw bulls. The trees looked like they were growing upside down. They were twisted uh, right by the grave sites. And for real, I wanted to get out of there the first time, but I didn't want to seem like I was being a punk or nothing. Do you think that they were, since it was the second time that you came, do you feel like they were like, okay, we seen you before. Let's, let's everybody throw on a big show that this person won't come back. Do you think that if you go back a third time that you would see something really crazy? I think that's totally possible. Um, I don't know how I could get too much crazier, and I don't know if I want the answer to that question. <laughs> well, I was just like, okay, so the, the first time you went, it was pretty, it was pretty mundane. It was chill, or it was, it right. wasn't chill, but it was. Right, it was know. spooky. But, but then the second, the second time, time, but see, but also the dynamic had changed because the second time, the first time, I was the only, I was the only black guy back there. You know, all my other friends, you know what I'm saying? We just, you know, we went back there and mm -hmm. we were pretty drunk, you know? The second time I went back was to confirm what I had saw the first time, but this time, the only person that was white was our guide who was Tom. Everybody else was black. Wow. And, you know, with four black people back there, it was four times the what the you know what is going on back here. Terrified, I mean, terrified. I was, I was absolutely, and I was not, and I have to say this, that second time I went back, I was not in any way, shape, or form drunk, 
high, nothing. No way. Uh, because I wanted to make sure that what I saw, I saw. I was not ready for that. I was not mm-hmm. ready for what I saw. And um, any one of the people that went back there will tell you the exact same story. Like I said, certified tough guys crying, damn near peeing their pants because when they saw how dark it was, they were like, as I thought, oh my God, he might actually be telling the truth. We had guys, the guy wanted to bring a gun. He's like, man, I'm not going to get ghosted back here. I'm like, damn, don't do that because, (laughs) right, because you're going to end up shooting somebody you know. It's a ghost. It's bullets are not going to hurt it. Knives are not going to hurt it. Maybe if you had some salt and some iron, maybe that might do something. But who knows? Right. Who knows? It was the crazy. And if you do the aerial of the area, because um, we pulled a, a map, Google map. The aerial of the area looks like a key. A it's, key? Like a key that you would put in a or door? a gate. The whole entire area is laid out. It looks like a key. And we came. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Guys, I, I know you guys are hearing this right now. And I'm. this is the first time I ever. Now I, I'm from this area. And I've been on Hooper's Island. And I have never heard of anything like this before. But I will try to see if I can find some information about the area and if it looks like a key i i am super intrigued yes, right now this is a may it was absolutely uh it was it was breathtaking and terrifying at the same time um it has opened my eyes and my mind and and whether it's a positive that this happened or negative because I do feel connected now to that place because of that experience. And I'm just hoping that I have not damned myself and everyone else that was there to that type of existence at the time of my passing. The second time you said you went back was in 2000, yes. right? You're still living. Yes. Um, I've heard of people who've had um, who've had dealings with like uh, dark magic and um, black, you know, spirits and things of that nature. And, you know, something happens bad to their lives and then they die. Um, but you're still here. So I don't think what you went through was a bad thing. I think it was an awakening that we are not alone in this world, which is what I've said a lot to different people that we we're not alone and um as much as we believe that we are um i never felt that it's 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 no way that we are alone and it's like i said it's opened my eyes to many uh different possibilities i've found um what i like to call scientific proof of afterlife that um is based in the science that we deal with on a daily basis. It's proven to me afterlife. Um, and mm-hmm. it's and all based off of energy and electricity, 
because the same electricity that even powers the conversation we're having right now is what they would use, God forbid, if someone had a heart attack. And we learn um, in elementary science that energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be contained or dispersed. So your energy goes somewhere. Now we can debate where it goes, but the fact that it goes somewhere is enough uh, for me um, to, to know right. that this existence does not end with our physical death. Um, what it looks like, who knows? But I do know what I saw interacted with me, interacted with my friends, and left a mark uh, on me that I can't shake. I don't think that it's necessarily an evil thing. However, it's like, you know, you can't unknow what you know. And if you can't explain it, it bothers you um, to a certain degree. And it made me search for um, different explanations, uh, alternate methods of, of communicating with my inner self. It was it right. was a definite gut check and a definite um, character check at that point. So, were you have you been um, haunted by any of the images um, that you saw that night? Did you have you has any of those uh, things or beings have they ever tried to come visit you in your space? I I think so, um, but it manifests. I think my manifestations are different based on uh, how I interpret them. Like, for instance, your ener the energies and the negativities and the problems that come in your life, you have no control over. You only have control over how things affect you. So if you're, so if you're worried about something, it will find a way to manifest into the physical world whether it comes through sickness, whether it comes from you being um, upset, feeling different vibes off of people, you know, how that messes with your psyche. Um, it's made me, at times, I've been clairvoyant because of it. I've seen things... That is amazing. I've seen things happen before it happened. Um, even the situation that I have right now, uh, musically, uh, I knew exactly what path we had to take to get where we are right now. And that's involved in a deal with uh, Pyramid 7 Records. And it's funny that it's Pyramid 7. That's a little, that's a, that's a, yes. I, I don't want to use creepy, but... Uh, there's a word I'm looking for. Yes. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I knew what I had to do instinctively. And um, that kind of experience has removed fear from my decisions. It's removed fear. Well, I've always believed in the power of manifestation and the universe and, um, you know, what you have in your head, you can hold it in your hand. I totally believe that. Um, now that you've had some time pass, 
and you have this story that you've carried around with you. Have you ever wanted to go back and visit it again? Yes and no, because um, the only reason I would go back to revisit that place is to make believers. But how that knowledge affects the next individual, I also feel responsible for. What do you mean by that? Well, um, say me sharing the story, if somebody wanted to go back there and wanted me to take them, they might have a total different reaction to what they see. They, their mind might not be able to accept what they've seen. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens to them from that point, I feel, you know, res I'd feel responsible for because mm -hmm. I introduced it. I took them back there. It, you know, um, me going back again is, I mean, I'm 50-50 on it because, uh, like I said, I'm analytical. Um, I believe in science, but I also believe in, um, I also believe in the metaphysical and I believe that there is a line that one and the other will bump up against but not necessarily mesh with I don't know if I went back to the wishing well a third time if it would be uh, beneficial because I've already seen so much and it makes me feel like maybe I got lucky Something, I feel like after hearing the story, I feel like the first time you went back, it was just like a, a new new thing. And then the second time, it was almost as if it was giving you some type of warning. I feel like if you was to go back a third time, you would have a totally different experience. Which it, yeah. Um, maybe you would see the, the bull keeper, you know, or... Um, maybe, you know, you would see something totally different. This is possibly true, but I, it, I can't shake the look on that man's face hanging. I can't shake the look of the pilgrim that was beside him with that long rifle ready. I mean, it felt like at any moment he could draw down on it. And... Do you feel like this was a dream no. that you experienced? Absolutely not. It, it feels like something that you did This is because I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right, and, sure. and, you know, because it wasn't like I was in my house and I was asleep and I thought I woke up. Because everyone's had, I think, that dream where, you know, you wake up and you go to the bathroom to realize that you didn't wake up at all. And you dreamt it, but it felt right. so real or you dreamt like you had, you know, the witch on your back. I think, are you familiar with the term witch on your back? It's called the devil's <laughs> right. ride. You know what I mean? Where you wake up and you can't move. I had a dream that I walked between like, you know, the little parking pillars and things. And I slipped on a, I right. slipped on a banana peel and fell. And when I woke up, I shook in the bed from the fall. 
and I was in between my two pillows and I could not move. I couldn't talk, I couldn't yell. I've had that happen. Yeah, you can see everything in the room, but you can't right. wake and up. And the hardest thing to yeah. do is to coax yourself back to sleep and hope when you open your eyes again, you, you have mobility. But this was not that. We all went there. We were all there, you know, and um, this is a physical place. My only thought as to why this story is not wider spread is because they're actually trying to sell off property back there and build homes on it. And ah, uh, well, I'm gonna say if you're listening, good luck with that because I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. I mean, first of all, I, I don't know. You would have to flatten it. You would have to kill everything that, like all you, you would have to kill the trees. You had to build new trees in order for me to live there. That's what would need to happen. Cause I don't want some 300 old, 200 year old tree back there. That's been there since, you know, the bull keepers. Right. Been there. And it's crazy. You couldn't pay me enough money to live back there. Ain't no way I'd never sleep. You would be worried every time the sun goes Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Absolutely. It wouldn't matter who was I around. I would literally have to, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't eat anything out of that stream. <laughs> <laughs> I would build a fort, like a Fort Knox and, and close the door. But, you know, it doesn't right. matter because ghosts can travel through it, doors. Exactly. There, there is no way there is no way to protect yourself. It seemed like the only reason why we were not being attacked is because we stayed on that dirt path. What was the significance of staying on the path? Where did you get that information? Um, from? It came from our guide at the time. Um, it came from our guide. He was like, stay on the path. And even before we got into the clearing, when I didn't stay on the path, you know, because we're, we're line steppers. We like to test our, you know, I mean, test our limitations. When I didn't stay on the path, mm -hmm. I started to fall. So when we got into the clearing, I was going to stay on the path. I did not trust, you know, what I saw in front of me, because after going back that the first time and I saw how wide this area was that we've actually physically walked by. I'm totally convinced that that's a different dimension at night. So it kind of like transforms it, into something right. different. And you can't see it's you can't see what it is because when you have a tree line that does not allow light to go through it and it's a path, it's not grown over by trees during the day because you can see back there all the way to the field. Right. But at night, you can't see it at all. Just that red dot, that red dot. And that red dot disappears as soon as you see the entrance to the clearing. What is the 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 red dot? Who who is leading you back it, there? And that is another unanswered question because I looked for a reference. I looked for, you know, when that thing is eye level, you're expecting to get into that field and see something that's glowing red. I was actually a little worried that somebody might have had a scope on us. 
because you know deer season stuff like that back there right so we don't go back there you don't go back there in the fall or when you know deer season is active because you might get mistook for a deer yeah because i'm thinking of okay so i was listening to a story and i'm thinking of a, a red dot so you know the whole red dot or you know like laser scopes that was way later in life not right you know during the time when this would have taken exactly. place so you think ghosts is the ghost back there are using technology what's going on i mean on? i i can't even call it technology because i couldn't verify the source all yeah. i knew was that i saw it but i did not see a source and the way that the clearing goes straight back it's like the clearing is there there's a circle the big circular field is on both sides of you the path goes up the middle it would have to be in line of sight from the path to the entrance so i should be able to reference it in front of me but i couldn't do you ever drive back there i've drive past there a few times during the day oh what do you see it looks like any other field it's wide um like i said you could drive a tractor trailer back there during the day i couldn't believe how flat it was and i'm like what the what the hell you know Mm -hmm. it it it's totally different i was looking for a ditch or something that I might have slipped down, or something that, you know what I mean, I mistook as a never-ending fall, but it did not. Looking at that, I realized that maybe if they didn't grab my hand, I wouldn't have made it. I don't know how far I would have fallen, because it doesn't. You would have definitely been ghosted. I would have been ghosted. (laughs) I'd have been in that ethereal soup, you know? (laughs) And (laughs) so, wow. So, so very wild. Um, To this day, I feel like it has elevated my sixth sense. Um, It's, it's, it's definitely made me, I think, to a degree uh, clairvoyant. It's definitely given me a higher sense of uh, empathy. I can feel people's truth from from time to time. And then maybe it's because of my own interaction, my own acceptance and um, experience from seeing something that most of the modern world says does not exist. But this is physically real. And I feel terrible empathy and sympathy for anyone who would call that place their residence. I'm going to say this and I hope that I don't get rotten tomatoes thrown at me, but I would not call that my residence. Um, If you guys, you know, there there are some parts in our world that we are just supposed to leave alone. Like, don't touch it. Don't mess with it. Don't alter it. Leave it where it is. 
you know, I just believe that this is one of those places. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, and I don't feel like if they're building back there or someone is trying to uh, live back there or is looking at that property, I guarantee you that it's being sold cheap and there is not full disclosure on what was experienced. You know, they might say something and then be like, if you believe in that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe they don't even know. Maybe they've heard the rumors, but they've never really experienced it. So, you know, it's just a myth. Well, I'm here to tell you and your listeners, it is no myth. It is fact. It is absolute fact. Um, for for those who are daredevils, because um, I know there's going to be that one person or that one group, do you suggest that they experience this for themselves? That's a double-edged sword. But however, I was that same daredevil, not once but twice, and it has allowed me to to experience life after that event in a higher place, in a more positive place, because I know what true sorrow looks like now. I felt pain, I felt empathy, I felt, I felt the lives of those people walking through those fields. And I felt like they were our ancestors. <laughs> You know, right. I felt that. It, and they right, might be, it brought It almost brought know? tears to my eyes. And um, I live now without fear of making a decision that will, that I believe will ultimately make me happy. They say that the only true thing that's unacceptable is not to try. And it really helped me get over the anxiety of, well, what if I do this and this happens? And what if I do this and this happens? Well, what, what if it doesn't? So if, if you are courageous, if you do want to see it for yourself, I say go. But I would also say be warned. And please, for the love of God, please do not go alone. And don't take any weapons because you'll, your, you'll shoot somebody in the back. <laughs> yeah. And we don't want those types of problems. We do not want those type of problems. So, you know, <laughs> you know, um, your faith is always your shield, but I would kind of calm my mind. Uh, be prepared to, to see something that you haven't seen before and will probably never see again unless you go back to that place. It's, it's incredible. It's, an, it, it's, it's wow. terrifyingly incredible you know if you want to you know if you ever decide you, you want to visit back down there and go see it hey okay i'm definitely taking yeah, you <laughs> i will i will guide i will do that i will definitely do that but you know it's one of those things where you do so under duress um i'm not a stranger to you know, um, what they would call dark arts or roots or, you know, I mean, you know, um, my, my great great aunt 
uh, who grew up in uh, the home that I grew up in. She was with me, uh, where she wasn't with me on the trip, but uh, she was Creole. So I always heard about roots, you know, and bury your right. drawers in the backyard, can't leave the house and bang a nail <laughs> in a step. And, you know, I thought it was all crap, but you know what I mean? Don't eat a woman's spaghetti, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, she's not your girl, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, these were, these were, these were powerful things, but they were adamant. You know, they were adamant about not eating collard greens or greens from any other woman's place if you were a male, um, unless that was your family or someone you were with and the same thing with spaghetti. I'm sure you can understand why. If not, I mean, I could explain. Um, okay, you open that door, so you might as well just go okay, ahead Okay, so <laughs> in, in what would be known as, as the Creole, uh, the Creole part of my ancestry, my great-great-aunt would tell me that these were ways that women would put roots or curses upon men, um, whether they were love curses or thing, ways to make men loyal. I'm not saying a man did any, didn't do anything to deserve it, you know, but they'd pee in the collard green. Oh my God! No. Or why? they would they would use men they would menstruate and put it in the spaghetti to try to bind a male to them. But of course, when you perform something like that, that's considered a dark art. If you break it, it comes back to you a hundredfold. Now that's what I've heard. Right. And these are some of the ways that that would happen. So, you know, even when I was a kid, you know, she passed. When she passed, she was 104 years old. I was 11 when she passed. And she would just bang this into my head. Don't, don't you dare eat that spaghetti. Don't you dare blah, 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 blah. Where are you eating dinner at? You, you know, that, that type of deal, you know? <laughs> and it just seemed like, you know, kind of, you know, you don't understand, you know, you just kind of do what you're told. But as I got older, you know, and I've met nefarious people, not saying they did anything nefarious like that to me, but you can sense the spirit of something. You know, how you not get a, you know, you might not have met a person before, but you meet them and you get a weird vibe. Like, I don't know if I want to deal with this person too much. And then you might say, why do I feel this way? I don't even know them. But, you know, you do, right. you do put off energy. And people who say, oh, that's hogwash, how many times have you been around someone that you know and you can tell that something's wrong with them, even if they're acting like nothing is? Same True. thing. It's spidey sense in, in, a, in a certain, you know, in a certain form. You know, you feed, we feed off the energy of each other. And when, you know, like they say, happy wife, happy life. If you're upset, there ain't nobody going to get any peace. <laughs> and they can tell they wake up they see you and they're like uh oh I'm on eggshells today so you know and, and it's that same type of feeling but I think that we train ourselves or are trained by society to only use it in a specific way and when we're away from the rules that we're supposed to bind it to it kind of flourishes around the people that you know but I'm here to say that that same energy that same zone um can be built it can be uh you can train yourself 
to widen your range. I see no difference between feeling the emotion of someone that's near you or next to you and a basketball player that scored 80 points in a game, he's in the zone. The zone is the same thing. It's just what you do when you're in that zone. And, um, All right. you know, and that's how some people can, can just know where to go, what to do. And well, we, ha- we, we, as women ha- were born with that, you know, women's intuition. So I don't know why that we need to do all that stuff, you know, that your grandma or your auntie was um, preaching. I don't know why, because we, we have, we know we can tell. We don't need to, I guess that's to, to hold them there, I guess, but um, we can well, tell. see, you know, you're an intelligent woman. And the thing is, is that with, with most women and men, and men, I'm not trying to be, you know, but I'm, it's just an observation. Um, once you let your emotions get in the way of what's fact and what's logic, and you want something so bad, it spills out of you. That's why they also they would always say, be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. That emotion, right? That emotion helps manifest what that is. And if you manifest something emotionally that's negative, it's going to have a negative impact. I think that women do this without knowing how powerful they truly are. Um, the only reason why I think I'm sensitive to it is, well, you know, as you know, I was raised by all women. Right. So it kind of, it kind of, it's, it's something that I think that was developed in me, but I saw it through observation and reverse engineered it. If, if that makes any kind of sense <laughs> um, whatsoever, you know, I've become so much more uh, sensitive to others' needs sensitive to my own needs and sometimes and i'm in direct conflict with my nature um because i know what needs to be done but i also know for myself but i also know what needs to be done for others so it's all about trying to achieve that balance and i have to say without that experience at the gates um i would have probably brushed it off as you know as nonsense when you went through the when you went through that experience because right. this was this was bone shattering fear of the unknown and then once you see it you know that it's there but you still can't explain it so it's still an unknown even right. though you know it's there and um it's allowed me to to uh really reflect on the emotional decisions that I make when I'm feeling angry, I find um, positive ways to get past those emotions and I try to put it in a place where it isn't harmful to anyone else and I can do something positive with it. Hence me being a weightlifter, hence me you know, being a boxer and boxing and music and all these different outlets are different ways that I use to channel this negative energy because I, I, you know, I, by firsthand know how powerful it is and how, um, how important it is 
to do positive things with it. I'm not one of these people that say, oh, you shouldn't be angry, you shouldn't be depressed. I'm like, we're all human. You know, that, those are natural things that we shouldn't avoid, but we should find uh, ways that help take that negative energy that's trying to be pushed into our lives and doing something positive with it, you know, um, to help benefit ourselves so we can keep those things in check. Because, well, I'm yeah, glad that I'm glad you brought up the um, the the other things that you do. What are you doing now? Um, post yeah, post yeah, <laughs> post that experience. Well, uh, I'm a counselor by nature. Um, I've worked uh, with uh, DJS for several years. Um, within the past two years, I quit because. Um, I just did not feel that DJS was doing anything to really help our kids become productive outside of the system. And um, now, uh, you know, I'm a full-time musician as well um, as well as a truck driver. And um, like I said okay. before, you know, we're uh, currently. Uh, in negotiation to sign with Pyramid 7 Records. We just did the Thicker Than Water tour here on the East Coast. Um, and uh, it picked, the tour picks back up again for us, uh, which my band is Rise of the New. Check us out on Facebook or www.riseofthenew.com. Um, we're hard rock. Did you also? Yeah, go ahead. Did you also do, I, I thought I heard you say you did something with Netflix. Yes, well, Netflix was part of the tour. I mean, if you notice, Netflix would do like, uh, they're doing shows based on <clears throat> people that are up or coming in the business and some of the struggle that they have and, you know, the whole behind the scenes of how they rise. That's what this, um, these tapings at uh, the tour is being done for. Gotcha. So they're they're going to be producing a show out of this. And where can people find your band or your? Um, oh, absolutely. You know how how to, to see you perform. Um, you can find us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can at um, at Rise of the New. You can find us at you can once again at www.riseofthenew.com, and. Um, we actually do indie wrestling is how we kind of got our start. We started doing um, small 15 minute uh, shows during intermission and intermissions at indie wrestling. Shout out to uh, Rampage Pro Wrestling, definitely one CW to now era. You know, if it ain't now, it's later. Um, <laughs> they really looked out for us. And then we started actually doing uh, entrance music for professional wrestlers. Um, it's a lot more affordable for them to work with us at a smaller rate because a lot of these guys, you know, they're they're working stiffs when they leave the ring. So we try to remain affordable. Um, our charge is $200. It's an original song and it's all yours to do with what you please. And it beats paying thousands of dollars to lease a song from the industry you know, and, and you can only use it so many times before you have to release again. So it saves them uh, a lot of money. And it also allows us to travel with these guys, even if we're not traveling, because our music is going with them. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we built, uh, I mean, we're starting to build uh, quite the empire down here because of it. So, you know, very, very, That's very awesome. grateful and very blessed. And again, I don't know if I would have had the vision to see this lane if I had not gone back there and saw that there was something outside of this physical world. What do you want to leave our listeners, our storytellers? What do you want to leave them with about that experience that you had? Never, I guess I'll do it as a quote. Never hear someone's story and just think that they're crazy. It's dismissive. And there is reality in what seems to be unreal. Everything that's around you was once a thought. And the power to make a thought into a physical thing is exactly what makes you an avatar of the God you say you serve. It's it's that universal power channeled through us as individual. We're just branches on a tree. Branches on a tree. Always remember that your thoughts count and thoughts turn into things. That would be it. I like it. (laughs) Well, I want to say thank you for coming on Tell Me Your Story podcast and telling us the first ghost story. And it was really, really good. It was really good um, to the point that I might be booking a flight to uh, BWI and (laughs) taking a car. Because I, I I love stuff like this. Like, it's it's just amazing. But um, storytellers, there it is. There's our first uh, ghost story of the season. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And please stay tuned for more ghost stories. And we'll see you again on Tell Me Your Story podcast. Thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story. This podcast has been brought to you by your parent company, KC Products, LLC. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with us and keep the conversation going on Facebook and Instagram. If you love Tell Me Your Story, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time.